0: Girl Camper is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. To learn more about what Progressive can do for you, call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or go to Progressive.com backslash RV. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a Girl Camper. I go places and I do things in my little 1966 Go Tagalong Vintage Travel Trailer. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can become a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads... Of America the Beautiful. Welcome! I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster, and this is episode 30 of Girl Camper the Podcast. My special guest today is Ohio Sister on the Fly, Kathy Doty. Kathy did one of the things I talked about a few weeks ago. She took a Sister on the Fly bucket list trip. Kathy traveled the entire Route 66 trip with another 27 women who went all the way from Chicago to Santa Monica Pier, having hundreds of sisters section trail with them along the way so all in all there were several hundred women involved in this epic journey and Kathy is here today to share with us her adventures with the sisters on the fly we'll be back in a minute is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Keep all of your stuff protected with personal effects. With the optional coverage, they'll pay to replace damaged, lost, or stolen personal items from in or around your RV. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit progressive.com RV today for more information. Well, there's much news to round up today in our News Roundup. I am just back from the Country Living Fair. It was so much fun, and I want to thank all of my podcast listeners who took the time to come out to the show and say hello. It was wonderful meeting you in person, Michelle Baker and Martha and Jan and Sherry Rich and Lynn Butler, and <laughs> it was just so fun to put names to faces. The people we're chatting with online and who are in our meetup and who are going to be attending our Camp Like a Girl event in West Virginia in two weeks. So thank you for taking the time to come out. That was so much fun. I also had a great time catching up with some of my favorite vendors at the Country Living Fair. And one of the people I ran into and only got to chat with for a few minutes because it was just so busy all the time was David Gregory. David is the husband extraordinaire of artist-in-residence Mary Gregory from Country Living Magazine. Mary has a booth every year at the Country Living Fair. Mary is going to be doing a workshop, Paint Like a Girl, November 3rd through 6th, and that is on our meetup site, camp like a girl. So it was great running into David, who only took five minutes because he was busy setting up and we were rushing and the weather was threatening, but it all worked out. But David said, Janine, we're so excited to have all you girls out for our little workshop and event at their beautiful homestead. And he said, we're going to put on the Ritz and we're going to show you girls a good time. And I have no doubt that that absolutely will be the case. So There are six people signed up for that trip, so there's nine more slots available. It's not till November, so you have time to think about it, but Mary's paintings were selling like hotcakes there, and I just can't wait to go on that trip, and it was great catching up with David. Mary couldn't come because she's busy being a grandma. Her daughter just had a baby, and she was home helping out, so we'll see Mary in June at the Rhinebeck Country Living Fair. So that is all that is going on. Oh, no, there's one more thing. How could I have forgotten this? So I met a new best friend at the Country Living Fair. I have this written down and I still forgot it. I went to visit my friend Lena Slabaugh. Lena is the proprietor and founder of Farmhouse frocks. You know, I always post farmhouse frock stuff on my Camp Like a Girl page because I just love her clothing, and I love Lena, and I love her entrepreneurial spirit. And Lena grew up in um, an Amish home and in Ohio, and she left the Amish lifestyle, but she never left the Amish community. She actually lives right next door to her mom and dad, and she started this clothing line a few. Um, well, it's been like a year. I think she just passed the one year mark and it's just growing by leaps and bounds. And I just wanted to go by and say congratulations because I'm a devotee of farmhouse frocks. I follow her everywhere, I love her clothing. And I just wanted to go by and say hello. And when I got to Lena's booth, I saw the most beautiful trailer I ever saw. So, as a backdrop, Lena had this 1975. Argosy trailer. And on the side, it said Ruthie Collins. And I have to say, I did not know who Ruthie Collins was. But you know, I looked her right up. And she is a country western singer. And she lives in Nashville. And she does work for um, Lena. She models her clothes for her. And Lena's clothes look good on anybody. And I love this about Lena. Her clothes come from size 5 to size 28. She does not think that your size should keep you from feeling good and looking good, and she makes clothes for everyone. So if you ever see things and you think, oh, they never have my size, that Lena is all about making every woman feel good about themselves. So Ruthie is this little tiny size five end, and she models Lena's clothes for Farmhouse Frocks, and she loaned her beautiful trailer that she uses as sort of a mini venue. They have taken her trailer, and she gutted the whole inside of it and made it so beautiful inside. And she is very interested in arts and crafts and Pinterest and revamping and upcycling, and she just has so much personal style, and she has a great deal of... um aesthetic intelligence. Let's put it that way. Anyway, that trailer was the most incredible thing I ever saw. It's going to be on the trailer of the week this week. It'll probably already be out when you're listening to this, so you could go see it on girlcamper.com. Lena and Ruthie and I sat in that trailer. We had such a wonderful time just getting caught up in chatting, and Ruthie and I had a million things in common, and She has a new record coming out on Curb. So I had to interview her for the show. I don't want to say too much because she's going to be on the show and tell us all about her. And I love that she's traveling around in this vintage trailer. And I told her about an upcoming girl camper trip that's going to be in Texas next March. It's not on the meetup yet because the details are still being worked out. And she jumped on board right away. And she said, I'm getting my girlfriends. That's my birthday that weekend. I'm going with you. So that's going to be the best campfire sing-along. We ever had so. I'm gonna to have to get out my ukulele and brush up. So <laughs> she plays the guitar and the banjo. It's gonna be so much fun. She's gonna be joining us. So wonderful meeting you, Ruthie Collins, and catching up with you, David Gregory, and Lena, and all my friends from Country Living Fair. It was just as much fun as it always is. It's it's just such a fun event. So if you missed it, you still get to go to Rhinebeck, Atlanta, or Columbus, Ohio. So. Now, here is an interesting development that happened with our Camp Like a Girl trip. So I was chatting this weekend with a couple of people about um, people who don't own trailers yet. And we have about 60 women attending the um, Go Girl Go. And many of them are brand new campers and don't own a trailer. So anyway, I was... Chatting with my friend Chris Baum, who is the chief operating officer for Little Guy Worldwide on the phone this week about unrelated things, and I said to him, hey, we're going to um, Davis, West Virginia. I got a bunch of women come in, and uh, why don't you send me some of your tab stuff? Because the tab trailer is a girl camper favorite. I never met a single person who owned a tab trailer and was unhappy with it. I don't know a single tab owner who ever... drove it for a year and said, I don't like it. I'm getting something else. I don't know a single one. The tab trailer owners are the most loyal group of trailer owners I ever met in my life. (laughs) And and all of the girl campers who have them are totally in love with them. So anyway, I was chatting with Chris and I said, hey, why don't you send me some of your flyers? And he said, hey, you know what? I just looked at my calendar and I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to, come out and visit (laughs) you. So guess what? I said, well, as long as you're coming, why don't we do a camper college? So camper college is happening. And I don't think you're going to get a better camper college than this one. The COO of this company is coming in person to show you how the trailer works. (laughs) It's not going to get much better than that. Because if I tell you, I'm going to forget all kinds of stuff. So now, normally a camper college is at an RV dealership, but this is going to be at the campground, Blackwater Falls State Park on 514, May 14th, the weekend of our trip, 10 a.m. at the campground. So if you're not coming to the campout, out, but you're in that area and want to come to camper college, please come by. Anyone, you don't have to be a girl. If you and your husband happen to live an hour away and you're hearing this, or even two or three hours away, and you think, you know what? I want to go and hear all about this tab in person from the person who literally makes them. I'm going to go to that. You're welcome to join us. There's no fee. It's a a free workshop. And Chris is going to be there and he's going to be talking about the trailer. So he's going to stay for the weekend. So I said, well... You know we're having a party, <laughs> and, and I don't think the girls would mind if you came. But we may have to put him in a tutu and dress him up like Jack Lemon, and some like him hot to squeeze him <laughs> into the party. And I think I think Chris would actually go along. He's a good sport. <laughs> so Chris is coming out, and he's going to camp like a girl. <laughs> he's going to find out firsthand what this whole crazy girl camping movement is all about. So anyone who is in the area or within my voice is going to be at the Blackwater Falls may 14th 10 o'clock a.m just come to the campground chris is going to be there it's going to be taking us through that wonderful tab trailer and i'm very excited because i know a lot of our loyal tab owners are already there and i know that a lot of our new camper buyers are looking at that tab so if you ever had an opportunity to get your questions answered this is it so we're going to be back in a minute and i want to talk about something in our campfire chat A lot of people have talked to me about all of the reasons they can't become a girl camper. And a while ago, at the very beginning, I said we're going to dispel all the myths. And I'm just going to review them for new listeners. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. But I'm going to go through the top nine reasons people say they can't be a girl camper. And I'm going to dispel those myths. We'll be back in a minute with our campfire chat. Camper presents RV Travel Tips, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Check with your insurance company to see if your pets are covered in case of an accident. Progressive's pet injury coverage protects your dogs and cats if they're in your vehicle and injured in an accident. It's free if you have collision coverage on your RV policy. Visit Progressive.com for more information. And I hope to God you never need that. I want to tell you today in our campfire chat, I want to talk about the obstacles to becoming a girl camper. So I had a lot of mail this week from new listeners who aren't caught up because believe it or not, this is episode 30. And this week marks our halfway point. Six months ago today, the podcast came out. So I'm going to throw myself a little party. (laughs) a six-month birthday. It's my unbirthday party. It's the six-month anniversary of the podcast coming out. And so I realized with the mail that was coming in that people who just get on the podcast at like episode 26, they just heard about it. They haven't back-listened to all the episodes yet. So I just want to go over some of the obstacles that people think they have because it's all in your head. You know, like there's really every reason a person gives for why they can't be a good girl camper 90% of them are overcomeable you know now if you have a sick or injured person that you're in charge of at home and you can't get away from that i can't help you with but the things that I hear all the time when women come to the country living fair and they see all the trailers, some of them just immediately say, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. Some of them say, oh my gosh, I love this. And the next thing out of their mouth is, I don't know how to tow. Oh, my husband would never go for this. Um, I don't have any place to put a camper. So the list of things go on. So I thought today in the campfire chat for our newer listeners, I would just summarize some of these things. So the number one thing I hear people say all the time is, I don't know how to tow. That is the one thing people are so afraid of. And I just want to tell you, towing is a learned skill. It's a skill set. It's just like anything that you learn how to do. You need to learn the mechanics of it. You can go online. You can get a friend to teach you. Once you know how the systems work, there is nothing to be afraid of, and you simply have to remind yourself that every single day, people are towing things. They're towing the landscaping trailers that come to your neighborhood and cut your lawn. They're towing their kids' crap home from college. They're towing uh, trailers. Every day, people are out there towing things, and they're ordinary people. They're not professional truck drivers. They're people who are like you and I. Towing is a skill set, and once you learn how to do it, and you do it at your own pace so you're comfortable, you don't let anybody push you into a highway situation when you're not ready, you start, you go slow and steady, you get around your neighborhood. You just start towing around your neighborhood and then you get out on the main roads in your own town and you're only going 25 or 30 miles an hour and you drive to the high school parking lot and you make a couple circles and you turn around and you go back home. That's enough for today. Go back the next time, okay? Now I'm gonna get on the four lane. I'm gonna get on 50 miles an hour. I'm gonna stop at red lights. I'm gonna make turns. I'm gonna get on jug handles. When you get comfortable with that, Then you say, I'm going to get on the highway right in my own town. I'm not going to drive from here to Kansas. I'm just going to get on the highway at my exit right by my house. I'm going to go down two exits. I'm going to turn around and come back. Now you have achieved this getting on and off the highway and nobody sideswiped you and everything went well. You just slowly learn. It's a skill set. Don't let a fear of towing keep you from doing these things. Also, and I say this, get a trailer that you're comfortable with. Don't buy a gigantic rig. Get a little tab or a tag or a teardrop or something that you feel comfortable towing and that it's not going to induce fear in you. So towing, there's all kinds of information on YouTube about towing. U-Haul gives tow vehicles to everybody, uh, not tow vehicles, tow things to tow, trailers to tow. Think about this. U-Haul every day rents trailers to people to move their kids to and from college or wherever you're going and they don't give those to people if they think they would be in danger. You watch a 20-minute video in U-Haul and they let you go with the thing. (laughs) I don't think they would be doing that if it was something that everybody couldn't do. So just try to get it in perspective in your mind. If everybody's doing it every single day and they're just ordinary people without any kind of special licenses, how hard could it really be? It's just getting a mindset that I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it at my own pace, I'm going to do it slowly, and I'm going to overcome this fear of towing. Okay, that's the number one thing. I don't know how to tow. The number two thing I hear all the time, I don't have a trailer. You do not need a trailer to be a girl camper. Now we're going on this trip to Davis, West Virginia. We've got 60 women. I think 20 of them are in the campground, some in trailers, some in tents, and the rest of them are in cabins and at the lodge. It's not that important to have a trailer. You will want one once you become a girl camper and you're at the campground and everybody has one. You're going to want one, but you don't need one to go on a trip. You don't need one to be a sister. Our friend V who lives in West Virginia has been camping with us for four years in the back of her SUV. She has no intention of ever getting a trailer. That's how she camps. Angelita Bonita is coming on our trip. She's been camping with us three times. Now she's got a darling little tent and she glamps it all up. You don't need a trailer to be a girl camper. And I always say that I think it's a better idea to become a girl camper, go on several trips, and then determine if that's really something that you absolutely need or want in order to be happy camping with the girls. It's not a necessity, though. I think most women find that once they join, they're going to want one. But once they're in the group, then they can start talking to people. Where did you buy your trailer? How do you like that? Can you tow that on this vehicle? Is it hard to get on and off the hitch? And then you gather all kinds of information before you make a purchase of your own. So, number 2, that's done. Number 3. I don't have anyone in my life to help me fix up a trailer. Well, this is my favorite one because most people don't. I mean, our lives are so busy. I my husband and I enjoy carpentry projects together. My dad as a hobby was a master carpenter. I have every tool going. I have a, a incredible workshop. I've got all kinds of tools. I know how to do this stuff and it's kind of fun. We like to we like to dig into a project like that. Not so much anymore because we did nine trailers in a row and I'm kind of burned out on it. But I can tell you, because I've torn many trailers down, if you don't have that in you, don't get a fixer-upper. There are so many new trailers out there, there's no reason for you to have to have a vintage trailer. I want to dispel the myth that every girl camper has a vintage trailer. Some do, some don't, and I see a swing happening. It started last summer and I see there was a sell-off on the vintage trailers among the girl campers. Uh, I think there's part of it is they want comfort. I want a potty. I want hot and cold running water. I mean, that was part of my whole thing with, you know what? I'm keeping my vintage trailer. But I'm also going to have hot water on demand when I want it. I want heat. I want air conditioning. I want hot and cold running water. And I want a potty at 5 a.m. So you get to a certain point where you're going, you know, that vintage thing is all lovely. But if I could get that in in a new trailer, I'm going to do that. So if you don't have anyone in your life to help you fix up a vintage trailer, there's so many products out there that are wonderful for girl campers that you don't need to have a vintage one. Just mark that off your list. You don't have to have a vintage one to be a girl camper. Number four, I live in a condo, gated community, snooty neighborhood that won't allow trailers. Okay, there's two ways around this. One, you simply rent a storage space. By me, there are several storage places all around us in the Outer edges of them are all lined with people's trailers. Now, I did a thing on this a couple months ago. I just made a bunch of phone calls. Around me, it costs fifty to seventy-five dollars a month to rent a space for your vintage, tra- or for your trailer, in a storage place. Now, other parts of the country, I know people who pay as little as twenty-five a month. So, I mean, it's it's three cups of coffee from Starbucks, and you got a place to hold your trailer. So. It's not as much fun because you can't come and sit in it in your driveway like I do all the time (laughs) because I literally do mine in my driveway all the time. But if, you, if that's not an option for you, I wouldn't let that stop you from becoming a girl camper. Now, one of our campers here, Jackie, she lives in one of those communities, and she knew she wasn't going to be able to do that, so she bought a little teardrop that slides right into her garage. So she lives in a gated community. She wasn't allowed to have a trailer in her driveway, so she specifically bought one that goes into her garage. So those are some options for you. Where are we now? Okay, number five. I went online, and there are no campouts near me. You couldn't have gone completely online because you don't know. I'm going to use the Sisters on the Fly because everybody knows they're my favorite group because they're, they're, they're literally worldwide, the Sisters on the Fly. So there's 7,000 Sisters on the Fly across the country. They're in every state. I'm not kidding when I tell you there's over 1,000 Sisters on the Fly in the state of Texas. So, there isn't a state in the country that doesn't have a sister on the fly in it, but you cannot see where their trips are unless you are a member. We have this running joke that, you know, we can't let everybody's husbands tell, let them know where the girls are having fun, <laughs> that they landed on their feet and they're having fun. The trips are private you know we can't post online where we're going to be you know no one wants to advertise hey we got 50 single women all camping here just let you know (laughs) so once you become a sister on the fly and you get a wrangler then they will give you the password to get on the private site and on the private meetup sites that's where all the trips are listed and believe me there are trips going on everywhere all the time And here's the other thing. If you join and you don't see a trip near you, plan a trip. If you plan it, they will come. Maybe only two or maybe only three. Our new sister, Lori McDonald, she she joined um, a couple of weeks ago. She was the one who wrote in and said, um, I wrote to you 13 days ago and you told me about Sisters on the Fly and 13 days later I just purchased a red and white tab. (laughs) I mean, she just jumped in with both feet. And she is planning trips. She's already met all the women in her area, and they're planning trips. So if you join, I would suggest you also join the online community because that's what Lori did. She jumped in. She joined Women Who RV. On Facebook, she joined the Glampers, and you join all the online communities, and then you put it out there. Most of those are closed groups, so you can talk freely about where you are and where you hope to camp, and then you just start planning trips. So there are trips happening by you because of privacy and safety issues. They're not all listed online, so please don't let the fact that you don't see a trip plan near you on their websites. They're not going to be listed. You have to go on and join the group before you can see where the trips are. And if there isn't a trip near you, plan one. And believe me, if you plan one, they will come. Number six, what about my husband, my children, my aging parents? Okay, so let me break this down. Husbands and children, they'll live. Okay, unless you have, you know, sick children or, you know, Let's just talk about regular husbands and children. (laughs) Husbands go on fishing trips all the time. They go on business trips. Women go on business trips. Everybody survives. They're going to be able to survive without you for a weekend. Everybody is entitled to do things that rejuvenate them and make them feel good and just give them a second wind. I am always so happy when I get home And my children are so happy when I get home. I do this little thing when I leave. I bake an apple pie the day before I leave because I want my kids to eat it all weekend and think about me. (laughs) And then they've usually run out of pie and food by the time I get back. And they're always so happy to see me come through the door. And most people live in families in which you're going to get that kind of reception. If you don't have that kind of family, you really need to get away even more. But you know, if an emergency came up and you had to travel for some reason for a sick family member, you would go without thinking about it. So try to think of this in a different way. You're you're going not to leave your family. You're not deserting them. I'm, I'm supposing you don't have 18-month-old triplets. I wouldn't advocate leaving your husband home alone with 18-month-old triplets. But, you know, if your kids are in middle school and on up and you have a you know a functioning husband, I would go ahead and go they 're going to be fine, believe me, and as far as aging parents go, I mean that 's just a tough call everybody i mean when we took care of my mother in law and there was um there was no backup um my husband's siblings lived out of state, and it was just us and For a year, we never, we didn't go anywhere, and um, my sister-in-law was kind enough on her vacation to come in from Colorado, and we got some time away, and that was great. She was very helpful. You know, she worked full-time in a different state, but she was as helpful as she could be emotionally, spiritually, financially assisting in every way, and on her vacation, she came, and sometimes a family works out that way, and sometimes it doesn't, so maybe it's just not your... Time, if that's what your situation is. But if it's just a husband and kids doing their regular routine, they'll survive. (laughs) They'll survive. And guess what? They'll be so happy to see you and appreciate you when you get home. Number seven, I don't know if I can go somewhere where I don't know a soul. I think that's hard for most people, but I can tell you this. In the camping community, you'll be more welcomed than you were in most places. The camping community is just so welcoming and it's just the kind of thing where you're at a campground and you're trying to get your trailer in and you can't see. We just had this in Nashville. There was just trees, the way the the ramp was. The woman was having a hard time uh, getting her trailer out and all these people, they just saw they started leaving their campsites, "Okay, come on over here. You got it over here." And they had just people who were camping there, people she didn't know, one on either side, helping her get her truck out. That is how the camping community is. I can't tell you that you'll have a perfect experience, but in my own experience, I can tell you that the women who are in these groups are very, very welcoming. If you're shy, it's best to just come and say, you know what, I'm I'm not really a, you know, very outgoing person. And, you know, you'll always find someone to talk to and be with. We had this cute thing, this girl, Holly, she was on her first sister on the fly trip in Nashville. And one of the sisters got locked out of her trailer, but she had the key for her back hatch where you put all your tongue, your jacks and your extension cords. <laughs> and it was Holly's very first trip, and she was the tiniest person there. So we literally had to take her feet, she had to belly down and lay on the thing, uh, the underneath the bed and we shoved her in underneath the bed. (laughs) She really got initiated. It was her first trip. We were laughing so hard. Everybody was screaming, it's a girl, it's a girl. When she finally popped her head out the other side, she was able to get the keys off the table and and let everybody in the trailer. But usually it's the most welcoming group you will of people you'll ever want to meet. And I've really rarely, rarely seen an instance where someone went on a trip and felt unwelcomed and didn't come back. So number eight, how will I find a trailer? Well, you'll find a trailer in the ways I just said, you'll talk to other women, You'll do like me and like I always end up doing, you'll go to RV shows and you look at them and you find out what other people are driving. And if you're hell bent on getting a vintage trailer, you'll learn the ropes. All the people who um, sell vintage trailers, the avenues for finding them, the Craigslist, the eBay, the groups that sell vintage trailers. Finding a trailer is not as hard as you think, especially if you just decide to buy a new one. That's just a question of here's the ones that most of the girl campers buy. Take a look at all of those. Get to know the RV world. Go to a couple RV shows. You'll find a trailer. Finding a trailer is something you should take your time doing. You should arm yourself with a lot of information and just be really comfortable with your purchase by the time you make it. Okay. Oh, and I already said I don't know how to tow. So those were all of our things. I went out of order because I did I don't know how to tow first. So Those are all of the reasons I hear from people at shows Uh, about why they can't be a girl camper. And I just really wanted to review those today in a shorter way for all of our new listeners. Because after we come back from a show like the Country Living Fair, there's all kinds of people who are so eager to jump on and get on board. And I just want to dispel all those myths right now. So thank you for the listeners who already heard my spiel about all of these things for bearing with it one more time. So I'm hoping that our new listeners can take some strength from that and know that you know, you, there's a whole world of women there, and they got your back, and they're going to help you. So don't be afraid to jump in. We're going to be back in a minute with Kathy Doty, who I met at the Country Living Fair. But I, it's one of those women. I, I thought I already knew her because I knew her from online, and I see Kathy post in our online community, which is a very important aspect of the group. Kathy is going to share with us her bucket list trip going the entire Route 66. I wanted to do that trip, and I just couldn't pull it off last year, but I got the Lewis and Clark trip hopefully happening next year. So Kathy is going to come on, and she's going to tell us what it was like to travel with hundreds of women on Route 66. We'll be back in a minute with our interview with Kathy. I am here today with Sister on the Fly 4816, Kathy Doty, from Homestead Falls, Ohio. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you very much. I, I always get a welcome from the sisters. <laughs> the sisters are the welcome committee, right? Yes, they are. And we will say right here that we are at the Country Living Fair in Nashville, and your beautiful trailer, Elvis, is on display here, and it's getting so much love. But I had to pull you aside to talk to you, Kathy, because you did something that so many people dream of you went on a bucket list sister on the fly trip and i want you to share your route 66 experience with everybody okay i'd be glad to because awesome. i talked a couple weeks ago about sister on the fly bucket list trips and i'm so glad that you're here to share anything but before we do that kathy i just want to have everybody know who kathy is so kathy tell us about yourself you are semi-retired yes i am you were a school teacher? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you retired, you told me. And then a couple months went by and you were very bored. You gave up an administrative job and went to become a substitute teacher. Right. So that gives you a lot of flexibility to travel. Yes. Okay. So let me, let's start at the beginning of the Kathy story, though. Kathy, tell us where you grew up. Um, I grew up in uh, New Stanton, Pennsylvania,
1: which is a farm area. I moved there from Pittsburgh
0: when I was uh, five years old. So is that on the west and the west side of Pennsylvania? West side of Pittsburgh. Okay, and um, almost Ohio then pretty near, yes. Okay, so I just geographically I want people yeah, to see, okay. it's about an hour, an
1: hour, a little bit more than an hour from the border. Okay. And uh, I started first grade there, and I met a young lady whose name was Eileen, and she became my best friend for
0: life. Aww. And we literally have been friends now for 66 six years. Oh my goodness. Everybody should have an Eileen in their life. Oh, absolutely. So She did you, grew up with four brothers, so Okay, I, she, so she needed a sister. She needed a sister. And did you have Siblings? I had just one sister. Okay, so you and Eileen and your sister must have held around a lot together, huh? We did. Okay, so you grew up, became a teacher, and raised your family. And were you and Eileen always friends then? Oh, yes, we've been friends ever since. I mean, we don't always get to see each other a lot, but right. we have children
1: relatively similar in age. Mm-hmm. I went back to Pennsylvania to visit often because my parents are mm-hmm. still there. My parents are now buried there, mm-hmm. so I visit to go to the
0: cemetery and. So you left Pennsylvania and moved to Ohio and when you went you're... to college, yes. Okay, and where does Eileen live? Uh, she still lives there. She still lives in your yeah. hometown in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So you two always stayed in touch. Mm-hmm. So tell me then, Kathy, how did you become involved in the girl camping movement? How did you hear about it? What was your backstory there? Well, Eileen had uh, somebody in her family who had talked
1: briefly about girl camping and Mm -hmm. sisters on the fly, and she had an old Shasta trailer in her brother's cornfield that had been her mother's parents' trailer when they, they camped in it when they were kids. Oh, so her family childhood camper was sitting at her brother's house. In her, in the cornfield, yes. So, (laughs) so. She had always said the camper I wanna yeah, restore the I wanna restore my parents Shasta. And so she heard these girls talking about sisters on the fly and she thought, Well that a good reason to restore the Shasta. As if we need an excuse. Yes, right. But she had, meanwhile, she had their family camper that she and her kids camped in was a 32 a, a, a foot Winnebago. Okay, so she so already she was a camper. She had, yeah, with her kids, so they okay. did a little bit of camping. So she, uh, we were talking one time, and she said, You know, I heard about this group of women campers. Um, would you like to join? Mm-hmm. And she had met Sally Ann Brown through the man who Restore was restoring her Shasta. And Sally Ann said, well, I have a trip going
0: to the Laurel Highlands. Uh, Why don't you come and join us as Sisters on the Try? Yes, that's what we call it. Yes. And Sally Ann Brown, for our listeners who don't know, is the Wrangler for the Sisters on the Fly in the Pennsylvania area. And I always talk about this. If you join Sisters on the Fly, you'll be assigned a Wrangler who will help you, mentor you into the sisterhood and help you get started. So Sally Ann played that role for you. Yes, she did. So um, I, we thought. Well, that sounded. You know, I, we thought it sounded like a lot of
1: fun. Right. So we did go on Sally Ann's trip, and it was quite an eventful trip
0: because uh, we were at camp by the Yakima River and the Riverside. Camp was that down. the Falling Waters trip? Yes. Okay. I saw that online, and and they went to the Falling Waters House built by Frank Lloyd right, Wright, right. which I it's on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go there, but. Didn't you guys have non-stop rain when we you did. were there? We had non-stop rain. We got the camper there. We got it set up. And we're all new to
1: this, mind you. We got it all set up. I think her, her grandson and son-in-law came to help us make sure we did everything right. Got it all set up on the pad, went to bed at night, and woke up in the morning to somebody knocking on my door and saying, um, I think you might want to move your camper. We had six inches of water outside. Our, so the the rep- Yakahani River had come to join us. It,
0: has, it was rising. Yes. <laughs> You know, we always have this running joke with the sisters on the fly about be careful what you name your trip. She, when I saw that trip and I thought falling waters it wasn't it like in March or April. Yeah. And I thought falling waters in March, that's dangerous and Well it did. The river, river was
1: at an all time high. It did yeah. flood and they had to move the little campers. They didn't move ours, but
0: it the was river came to Yes. Rain okay. in the morning. So that was your first you were sisters yes. on the try. And tell me how, how what you thought about the group. Oh we loved them. We know even though it rained a Was whole it time, an instant it hit high. with you? Were, oh, yeah. Were, were you like sold? I got to join.
1: Absolutely, And you know, we had we had Marshmallow and I so what have, is Marshmallow? Marshmallow is a thir, yeah. is a thirty-two foot Winnebago.
0: Oh, so that's what Eileen has named her camper, yes. her thirty-two foot Winnebago, Marshmallow. Right. So was Eileen's Shasta already being repaired? Not yet. No. Okay. It was still sitting in the cornfield at that point. Okay. <laughs> so you girls then decided you were going to join together. Yes. We were going to join together, she was going to fix up the Shasta and that was what we would use to And you it. would travel together in the Shasta. Right. But something changed there. Oh, yes, you've, got a, you've got this beautiful 1959 Travel Ease aluminum trailer, buffed to shiny perfection. And it says, Love me, tender, love me, dear. This is Little Elvis. This is, this is Little Elvis. So tell me how you came to own this trailer when it was your desire to just travel with Eileen. Well, Eileen's responsible. It's her fault. Yes, it's her fault. Because Eileen made me do it, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> because,
1: well, Eileen's very jealous. Ha <laughs> Well, I don't know. She has a vintage Shasta. We uh, um, had stopped on our way home from a sister trip. We had stopped at American Vintage Campers, which is in Marysville, Ohio, and he restores campers. That's
0: okay, so was she thinking of having the the American Vintage Camper people restore her Shasta? Right, right. He had already had he had already picked it up at that point. It was there, but he hadn't started. Okay, so of. she brought her Shasta over, and uh, he was getting ready to restore it. Right. She stopped to check on the progress. Exactly. She. Stopped to talk to him he hadn't even started on it yet
1: but she wanted to talk to him about some of the choices that she wanted done okay and i said fine so she's in the building talking to noah and a friend of his had brought this little camper and put it out front and asked noah if he would sell it for him okay and so i'm standing there looking at this little trailer (laughs) and the wheels are turning (laughs) and i said noah can i see inside he said oh sure um, he said if you girls want to take this on Route sixty six I can put a few amenities on picking that yeah. yeah. But um I looked inside and here's this poor little trailer these men were using to the fishing shack. Had rags hanging in the window. The outside was dull. Um there's nothing in it except cabinets,
0: a bed, uh, a bed platform. So with, it was a uh, hard shelled tent yes. that men were using as a fishing shack. Exactly, it's exactly what it was. Well, fortunately, it wasn't in New Hampshire where they drill a hole in the floor oh, no, and no, use no, no, them no. On, no, no. on the ice no, when they these ice were guys fish. That were,
1: <laughs> but it was. Um, I could see the floor because it didn't have any. Oh, in it, but I could see it was in good shape. Yeah. And uh, I said. Uh, How much do you want for it? And he said, Your girl's $2,000. Okay. And I said, "It's mine. Here's the check." <laughs> you bought it on the spot. I bought it on the spot. I and said, then mine. you hired
0: Noah to do the work. I'm going to
1: need a few amenities. I don't want it restored because I want it to stay in the original condition. But I need running water. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I need electricity. Um, and um, and he said, "Okay." And I'll rebuild the table for you. And I'll, I'll I'll do the floor and put in a new new table and new countertop. So he chose. He's a an Elvis fan. So okay. It was a marriage, you know, made.
0: So you already made up your mind this was going to be your well, Elvis it was mobile. In my mind. Okay, it was in my
1: mind. So I told Noah, you know, okay, fine, that that will work. I said, we we're on our way home, and I, Eileen, and I were young teenagers when Elvis became popular. Okay, and we've been always been huge. I mean, we had the sleepovers and played music all night yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, ever since we were Elvis kids. swooning, and. uh... My father used to laugh and say, Oh, you girls come out in the bedroom all moony eyed. <laughs> so um, on the way home, I said, I Eileen, mean, it's going to be little Elvis. And she was I am so
0: jealous. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, yeah, that was uh, so. So he, he started about restoring it. And so tell me how it came about that you and Eileen went on this bucket list Route 66 trip which was last year it was right. a year ago right. now so I think it was May of 2015 Mother's day. the Sisters on the Fly took off from Chicago and made like a 35 day pilgrimage along Route 66. Mm -hmm. Tell us about where you heard about that trip and what went into your decision to go. We uh, had become sisters. uh, And what's your sister number? um,
1: My sister number is 4816. 4816. And Eileen is 4541. Okay. Um, But um, we had uh, gone on meetup and um, I, my, my, my bucket list when I retired was to see as many states as I could because I had not seen very much of the United United
0: States. So, so you were you actually traveled quite a bit to Europe, but had not been around the U.S. Exactly. I've been you know a little bit around home and a
1: little bit down south, but I had never seen much of the United States. Okay. So the first thing I did was uh, another friend of mine and I went on a AAA trip and did the national park trip
0: out west. Oh my gosh, that must have been so it great! Was, it was fabulous, and and uh, so we did that. So since you've retired, how many states have you been to? Forty-six. Oh, so you're making tracks. I'm making tracks. So what's left on your um, states? Vermont and Maine, which I'm going to do this fall with the sisters. Because you're going to the Acadia yes trip with the sisters on the fly in right. September. Right. Okay. So and you're going to hit. You're going to tick off Vermont and um, Maine, Maine. Right. And then what else do you have to uh, do? Minnesota and North Dakota. Okay, so, the northern, huh? The northern. Yeah. So, uh,
1: Lewis and Clark's looking very appealing to me. I'm just not sure. Elvis is a 1959 trailer. And right. A long way to take an old man,
0: but it is. Um, but I, you could always rent one. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's still in the back of my mind. We'll see. You can rent a tab from Road Adventures. Uh, our the, our friends in Ohio. They have a group Road Adventures, and you can rent a trailer just I, for a single tab. trip. Yeah. I have seen so you put the miles on someone else's yeah yeah well, we'll see somehow or another i will do those last two states next year you, i mean you know what i'm sure you will kathy because i'm temporarily signed up i mean i'm hopefully signed up for lewis and clark but we'll see you know like we'll see what happens but so you and eileen got yourselves to chicago now what trailer were you in we were in marshmallow so you were in Eileen's Family Camper. Yes. The big one. Mm-hmm. So you must have looked funny in the caravan we with did. all those little vintage trailers. And we did. We did have... The
1: mothership. There was another... Uh, we were the mothership. Uh, they decided we were leading... We broke up into smaller groups because there's no way you're going to take that many people in a caravan. Uh, we had a group of women. We called ourselves the Samora Sisters because we were traveling with Marshmallows. <laughs> with the Marshmallow. Um, and um, But there was another... Uh, and she, They were one of the S'more Sisters. There, was a, there were two sisters from Australia who had come to the United States specifically to do the Route 66 trip. I,
0: they, I was following that. They that had was amazing. A event,
1: uh, in Chicago. So there were two, their RV wasn't as big as ours, but there were two RVs and then, you know. And so then was, all the little ones. Yeah.
0: So, so you headed out. Yeah. So when I first saw the Route 66 trip listed on the meetup site for Sisters on the Fly, because I grew up in Chicago and in the Midwest, my initial thought on seeing that was, oh, my gosh, they're traveling through the Midwest in tornado season. We did. So and tell me about the weather on that trip. Well, it was
1: interesting. We It was cold in Chicago. We camped in Joliet in Illinois, outside of Chicago. Right outside of we my went hometown. Yeah. Chicago to where Route 66 started as okay on a bus trip um, and then we started out and we uh, went through Illinois um, when we got to Oklahoma uh, we did one stop in in Claremont Oklahoma um, which was awesome and we camped at one of the casino areas and it just happened that the Budweiser horses were staying there oh how so cool the Budweiser horses came walking through our campground every morning These beautiful oh how it
0: neat was very neat I remember a- seeing those pictures. And, you know, we, everyone who's not on the bucket list trip follows you vicariously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we got to Oklahoma City, and we camped at a rodeo camp from
1: And um, we had a dinner planned in um a group dinner planned in a steak restaurant in town. We went in earlier because we wanted to do some shopping but the sisters who did not go in early got a tornado warning and they had to evacuate their trailers and go to the tornado shelter because a tornado
0: was in the area. Oh my goodness. Meanwhile it rained for like six days straight. (laughs) I I remember seeing the pictures of people with their just soaking wet mats and all, all their little things just soaking wet but Once you guys got out of that Chicago area, the weather was a little more cooperative, right? (laughs) Except for the rain. You had a lot of rain. You were dodging, but you you didn't have any other tornado warnings. No. No.
1: A lot of flooding. I mean, we were driving. You know, when we drive along, we could see the fields flooded, I and mean, we were on Route 66, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> but so. we could see. But it, Route 66 paralleled
0: Route 40 for a lot of the way. We're okay. in Interstate, but we could see the fields all flooded right. and everything. So, so, so tell our listeners because I think a lot of people, and I'm one of them, how does a trip like this work? So you've got how many women were on the trip? We started out in Chicago with 50. 50. They didn't all come with us. So how many? Did the whole thing. The seven. Th- okay. We started out. You guys Chicago had a name for your the the all the way through. The all the way, girls. So you we went all did, the way. We had two shirts. <laughs> All the way, okay. girl. Not too suggestive. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they yeah. went all the way. Okay, it's sisters. Okay, what happens in the sisters stays in the sisters? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we started out in Chicago with thirty. With thirty, and we lost three on the way, and then now you
1: lost them because they had to go home. One had to go home. <laughs> One had an accident with her.
0: Two had an accident. One had an accident, and one's trailer literally fell apart on her. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Oh, yeah. oh I didn't know that. Now I knew in California there was a sister who was. Uh, going to meet you at the Ventura stop in her trailer and truck rolled and she was okay. But that happened in in the Chicago end? It happened,
1: um, it happened, no, that happened in, um, Williams, outside of Williams,
0: Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, but everybody was okay. Everybody was okay, yeah. One yeah. girl did have to go home because of a family emergency. Okay. So, but along the way, each stop, there was 12 stops I understand. Right. So, each state had different hostesses and right. some states had more than one because they were big. Most, most states had two or three. Right, because, because you're traveling booth. through that state. Right. So, each hostess was responsible for finding campgrounds and, and food and Mm -hmm. entertainment in that section. Right. So did you pay a fee for each section of the trip?
1: Yes. We paid a fee to the sisters for planning whatever Mm -hmm. they were planning, you know, and then... um, we paid uh, a separate fee to the campground, most of them.
0: Some of them combined them. Okay. And they... Uh, so this way people could cherry pick. Like, I don't have to go in the whole thing, but right. I'm going to do the Oklahoma section. Right. So the, and we had a lot of sisters that did that. Yes, I, I saw that. So when it, when you got, girls were in Ventura, the final stop, it looked like hundreds of sisters. Almost
1: 300 sisters. I think 270-some was the final call.
0: Were they all caravanning with you? Or did they um, just come for the party? Well, we picked up a lot in Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm Texas. shocked. So um, there's like a thousand sisters on yeah. the fly well, in we Texas. We did pick up a lot. Some of them did the whole way with us. We yeah. had Texas sisters at Medicine Chicago.
1: Yeah. yeah. But we did pick up a lot in Texas, and then we picked up some in Arizona and some in uh, New Mexico, and then in quite a few So you're days.
0: picking up and you're dropping off people all along the way. Yeah. And so. so You pay a fee for each section, and then you pay your own campground. The fee covers um, the food, some of the tourist things, your dinners. Everybody, I'm I'm sure, was giving you swag bags and T-shirts and souvenirs along the way, Mm -hmm. so you're getting all this stuff. We always had welcome bags. Were you always at a campground?
1: Well, we started out at campgrounds, and we did end at, end at some campgrounds, but it's hard to find a campground for that many people. That's what I'm thinking. Like, that's hard um, to plan. It was off-season, so that help, But we did camp. We camped at rodeo grounds. We camped at fairgrounds. Um, by the time we got to California, there was no more camp on a yeah. because there were just too many of us. Yeah. So we did camp at, uh, even in Arizona, we camped at a rodeo ground in
0: Williams. Um, I saw the rodeo pictures. That looked so much fun. Oh, it was. So it's whose incredible. idea was was it to give you all the the wooden stick ponies and well, have you girls do the rodeo. <laughs> right. Well they they suggested that um uh, the the
1: wranglers on that one when they posted it on Meetup said suggested that you either bring along a stick pony or you okay. you know or you make one on the way or whatever. Yes. So Eileen and I like to make things anyhow. So yeah. I actually made 3 of them. Okay. Cuz it was such fun. And uh, one of my two minor ponies, one is a unicorn and her <laughs> Her name is Priscilla, she goes with the Okay. Thing. So I saw
0: the cutest video on Facebook of all you girls in your tutus mm-hmm. in the rodeo ring riding your stick ponies and yes. when all the people were cheering and clapping, probably thinking, Who are these crazy right. ladies? It was awesome. It was just awesome. So was we- that like the sister's motto is more we have more fun than anyone. Yes. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. Absolutely, and we make girls out of women. Making girls out of women, I love that. Uh, No,
1: absolutely, and it was, when we went into, we were part of the parade for the rodeo, and when we went in, they had, uh, two of the cowboys brought in a horse with a cat on the saddle because they'd lost a rodeo rider. Oh, no. And so they brought them in, their intention was to play Amazing Grace, and they're,
0: their sound system broke down oh, and yeah. his sister who stood and sang it and brought down the house brought down the house oh my gosh look at you are getting teary I, eyed I, ra- oh nice. you yeah, sweet but, thing Katie. that's just bringing tears to your eyes recalling that moment somebody stood up and sang one of the sisters sang amazing grace in honor of a the beautiful f- voice fallen rodeo rider I bet you the rodeo people appreciated that oh like, yeah I, like I said it brought down the house yeah and I'm thinking wow that's such a somber moment you got all these ladies Standing there in two twos with stick ponies, how did, <laughs> how did you bring that around? Uh, it was amazing. But, 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 but you know, yeah, that's a God sister, has a way of that. Yeah. a sister thing, you know. It it's is just a sister thing. A sister would do. We should get T-shirts that say that. It's a sister thing. Yeah. I, I think, think we should make that part of our there you mottos. Go. Yeah. Kathy, if you had to pick like one thing that was just your favorite thing in the trip, what would it be? You know, one single
1: occasion would be hard, but just meeting all of these wonderful girls along the way was wonderful. Yeah. Just, I mean, they just, sisters are family. They are. They are just family. I have never yet gone on a sister trip and felt like a stranger. Right. Even if I'm by myself. Um, it's just uh, meeting all these wonderful people and seeing this wonderful, beautiful country of ours. And the, probably one of the most memorable things, it might bring tears to my eyes again,
0: and hard we to went, top the
1: one uh, you just gave us. That was spectacular. Um, we uh, took a bus from Ventura to the Santa Monica Pier as a group okay, um, to go to where Route 66 officially ends there. They have a big
0: sign. We saying, God bless America. Aww. You are crying <laughs> as you're thinking I, I wish I was there, Kathy, because that must have been so emotional. It was Because incredible. you girls together came across this beautiful country, and you were seeing all those beautiful things. And I tell this to people all the time. This is what makes RV travel the best way oh, to travel. absolutely the best. How could you have seen those things and done those things? And Route 66 was old-time America. You know, it was just, it was incredible. So were you all singing God Bless America Every, together? All 270 of were us. Were you all crying? Most of us. <laughs> we were all saying goodbye at that point <laughs> yeah because you're you, when you've experienced something with someone you don't want to say goodbye to them no. but that's why I think Karen West's book is so beautiful and we talked about Karen's book on the show a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and Karen was nice enough to give away a copy and it was one oh who won the copy yeah. I can't quite remember who won it now, but the lady, whoever won it, was so happy that they won it, and oh, she sent me a she's copy. She's an incredible, incredible lady. And and I I'm said, glad you mentioned her, right? And I said, you don't have to be a sister on the fly to appreciate that book, but it is the story of you ladies mm-hmm. too in this phenomenal trip you took. But the book is full of all the little crazy roadside chutzpahs and funny things yeah. that you saw along the way. That it's, you know, it's old time America that nobody ever gets to see. Yeah, it's, it was awesome. And to see it with, you know, a hundred of your best girlfriends. Yes. How could that not be good? That's, it was wonderful. Now, so, Kathy, you've got all kinds of travel. You've got Elvis now. You can go wherever you want and yep. do whatever you want. What's next on your list? Well... I'm going to
1: Indiana, and a couple, of two weeks from today, I will be in Indiana on a sister trip. What's the name of that trip? Um, it's the Derby Down trip, because it's on Kentucky Derby weekend. Any excuse, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, but it's at Midwest Trail Ride, and we're going to go ride horses all day. Oh, how then fun. Then we're going to have a big derby party. So I have a pink cowgirl hat with roses on I it. I saw you working on that. That's my derby that's hat. That's your derby
0: hat. Yes. And you got your mint julep glass ready? I do. I have my,
1: I have a pink mount, mint, mount, mint julep glass It's in my trailer Okay got my petticoats all set cuz it's gonna You're ready. Be, it's going to be a full dress. Your Everybody
0: get their sister uniform on. Everybody wears, has petticoats and frilly pantaloons and boots yeah. and the whole bit. It's so, so much fun. So you're going to Indiana in two weeks, then what's up? Um, sisters go to Maine in September. So you're taking the summer off from sister trips Yes. and you might be you know, traveling with Eileen. and your... I'm bringing Elvis. I'm not taking yeah. the
1: summer off from Elvis. Elvis okay. and I are coming to Nashville Okay. In five weeks. Oh, you are? And What yes. are you going to do here in well, Nashville? My, my grandchildren live here, so I come every summer. Okay. And
0: uh, I have two little girls who are nine and six, Who are going to show up here sometime. So we're going to see them. Yeah. So they must love playing in Grandma's dollhouse. They haven't house. seen it yet. They're very really excited. So are you parking it on your son's property? I don't think so, because he lives in, in a development,
1: and he has a very small driveway. Okay. Um, I think we're either going to find a campground nearby Okay. And
0: hopefully leave it yeah. there on a or okay. m- um, store it and then just take it camping. Okay, so you're going to be doing some camping with your grandkids. Right. And then in, in September you're heading off to that, it's a bucket list trip. Yes. So all the Sisters on the Fly are going to Acadia, Maine. Yes. Are you go- going to stay in Bar Harbor, but it's right in right. Acadia National Park. I'm going to be in Acadia for 4th of July at the okay. KOA there. Okay. Now, so when you leave uh, uh, Maine though, are you part of the group that's going up to Prince Edward Island? Yes. Uh, that's my yeah. favorite childhood trip. I went there. Well, and again, Eileen and I couldn't pass
1: it up because yeah. we we read You're so close. We read together, *Anna Green Gables*. As, oh my gosh, as the as
0: best! Teenagers. So I went to *Anna Green Gables* house on Prince Edward Island. You're gonna love it. Yeah. So that's and the wild lupines and red foxes all over the island. The ferry ride—it's just that's a bucket list trip. So that's that's mm-hmm. um you know, we're really
1: looking we can't because yeah. something and I so that's it's part your, of our childhood, you know. Yeah. That's oh, all you
0: know, it's it's part of our and we're teenagers again. You are a mentor to all the women out there who want to do these things and you're living proof that anybody can do this. Absolutely. We all get up in the morning, we put our pants on one leg at a time and I, it's just a pleasure meeting and you. And you know, I hate to say it but um, you never know when it's going to happen to you because I had no intention yeah. of ever doing this yeah. uh, until I until I fell in love with Elvis. So by, by you never know what it's going to happen to you. You don't mean you never know if you're going to kick the bucket. You mean no, no. you yeah. never you never know it's, if the sisterhood is going to seize you and pull you in, right? Or you see a trailer sitting in somebody's field and, and you, you just go, "That's my sign." That's mine. This is the sign you've yeah. been waiting and for. I and mean, then it happens. That's what that's how sisters find their trailers. That's right. Right, it, that's a whole nother story. How a sister found their trailer. So it found you. Yes. Yes. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on oh, and sharing that story. Right. I can't it's, wait to fun. camp with you. <laughs> I hope you have a blast in Maine. Oh, uh, We're going to have a ball. Okay. We're thank you, Kathy. Ball. I want to thank my friend kathy for being with me today kathy i had so much fun hanging out with you and the little elvis and you and michelle at our go rv stop at the country living fair thank you for coming on and sharing all of your adventures you are one wild and crazy 71 year old grandma and i hope to be like you when i'm 71 and uh, it was just so much fun meeting you I also want to thank Stephanie for producing my show for me. Stephanie and Jeremy can be heard every Friday on the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast, which is my favorite. I listen to it every Friday morning while I'm doing my housework. And Stephanie and Jeremy also have the Campground of the Week, which comes out every Wednesday. A different correspondent from a different part of the country every Wednesday will tell you what's happening at a campground near them and what's going on in the surrounding area. So thank you, Stephanie and Jeremy, for all all that you do. And I'll be back here next week with episode 31.